Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and we'll be joined by my co-hosts Nicole Frolick and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Welcome back to Enlighten Up, everyone. It is so good to have you back with us this week. I am here with Lisa and Brian, and today we are joined by Benjamin Stone. Benjamin was actually invited on two of my recent videos on the Divine Masculine as well as the Divine uh, Masculine Feminine Union video. Uh, Lisa and I really enjoyed his uh, discourse and his everything that he had to share with us. So we've invited him on the podcast because he has a very interesting story. He is an integrative medicine practitioner and a practitioner of humanitarian services, award-winning author, a health educator, plant-based nutritionist, old soul empath, intuitive psychic medium, researcher, a healer in energy modalities, core health facilitator, and currently working on his PhD in natural medicine based on quantum physics. He is also getting ready to launch his first book. Or wait, is it your second book? Second book, second book. Your second book, yes, in uh, very early 2020 called Quantum Nutrition, Feeding the Five Senses for Optimal Wellness. I can't wait to talk about that. Ben, welcome to Enlighten Up. How are you doing today? Great. I'm uh, honored to be here with uh, all of you. I've watched some of your podcasts, or listened, sorry, to some of your podcasts, and uh, the, the uh, podcasts are really enjoyable. I'm really hot today. It's uh, finally summer up here in Ontario, anyway. And uh, so I'm uh, excited to be here. Yeah, you're up in my home area, Canada. 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 Yeah, well, I'm. I'm very interested in your in your your background. That was uh, quite the introduction, and I'm fascinated by by health and wellness, and especially plants because they taste so good. <laughs> He's actually being serious. <laughs> I am actually being serious. <laughs> he does love bacon, but he does love plants. Well, that's a good thing. I think having a mix between everything is important. I might say that uh, a fascinating thing about our human evolution, particularly now, is that we are, are so deep diving into so many things so many different uh, points on the on the map, even though, uh, you know, quantum physics would tell us that there are infinite probabilities. So, you know, we're, we're barely uh, getting all the data points, but we're so focused on so many of these data points that, you know, now I think it's confusing for a lot of people to like, should I be vegan? Should I be 
raw vegan? Should I be a mono right. eater? You know, should I eat meat only? <laughs> you know, should I should be a breatharian? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, on the same wavelength there. I know. I think it gets um, – well, I think that's part of us just being more on the head and the logical uh, side of us and not really listening to what our body wants. Yeah, I would agree with you uh, there. I guess I looked at it from my personal experience. I'm still grateful for going down so many rabbit holes and experience many things because it it puts me into a position – of authority and I I'm really focused as well on integrity so sure I certainly could be wrong and we know that the truth of uh, yesterday may not be the truth of today or the truth of today won't be the truth of tomorrow so it's evolving but it's put me into a position to work better with clients and speak to people who are you know, lost or confused or just looking for some guidance and I can speak to it from experience and maybe help them find their own intuitive direction. Hmm. And you hear so many different ways of doing things. Like I just learned today, we've been drinking distilled water for, I don't know, what has it been like a year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least. And um, I just learned today that that's not a great thing to only feed your body distilled water. So, yeah, water is a big you hear one. One thing, yeah, you hear one thing and then you hear another, and I'm like, okay, what's tr what's true, what's not true, and I think at the end of the day, it comes down to what feels right for you. Like maybe trying different things and just seeing how your body reacts and how you feel. Well, I think that's a really good approach to take, and then I would recommend to people if you're doing your research then actually get outside of the the mainstream see the mainstream is all about i found something like for example i finished my phd and i i i say this very very honestly i'll come out with a phd which means i've taken something put it under the microscope uh i'm now touted as a authority and a, a figure that people should listen to. Oh, Dr. Benjamin Stone, he discovered that you need to drink, you know, water in a certain, you know, pattern. And next thing you know, the whole world's doing it. And then it's not, it's not accurate. That's what I'm concerned about because why might we want to follow that? Well, we might want to follow it because we've made a, a hierarchy for one where credibility goes to, people like me who've done, say, a PhD. But the other part is we get all of this publicity and it's about money and it's about how can I line my pockets with the information that I'm providing. So I feel, which is what I had to do as well, you got to get out of the fray. You got to go looking at uh, publications and scientific articles from other countries that are also not in mainstream media you need to look at the real science you need to get into anthropological studies and look at your ancestry uh your lineage because after all of this discussion we can mostly in my opinion boil it down to simple is best balanced and 
just not too much. And so I think what happens is, again, we get into too many areas where it becomes overwhelming for people. And, you know, you could say to yourself, well, those of us who are really focused on this are doing you know, all kinds of crazy experiments. But are we are we personally moving ourselves forward with our health? And the, the jury's out on that simply because I, I personally have done so many different uh, modalities and, and approaches to diet and supplements and so on and so forth that I have not seen the marker move ahead further. So simple is best. And then go back to the anthropological studies and say, hey, geez, you know, 10,000 years ago, we were in an ice age, a little more than that. And we were eating mostly animals. That's how we survived. And now we started the agricultural revolution. But what were we doing 50,000 years ago? What were we doing 100,000 years ago? Uh, not just the past 5,000 years, and certainly not the past 20 years where we're making <laughs> fake meat, you know, and things like that. You have to think <laughs> about that. You know. I was, um, I was talking Literally. to my, my client um, about that because uh, I, I went to go visit him in Cayman and he had bought vegan cheese for me. And, and I'm like, why did you buy vegan cheese for me? I don't, I'm not vegan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but it's, you know, it's low in cholesterol. <laughs> I'm like, it's fake cheese. I'm not eating fake cheese. <laughs> um, and I and I happen to, you know, all of these uh, fake meat, like they're all either soy products or recently I thought I had found these uh, field roast uh, sausages mm-hmm. that, you know, um, Lisa had had them too. And, and I thought, oh, wow, they're super high in protein. They, they actually taste pretty close to a sausage. And, uh, but then I looked at the ingredients and it's all gluten. Like the protein is literally gluten. And so I was wondering why my stomach was always upset when I ate it. And so all of these more vegan type meats that are trying to like, you know, create something that makes you feel like you're eating meat are, in my opinion, way worse than actual eating meat for your body because it's literally fake food. Um, well, I'm, True. In, yeah. I'm in complete agreement with what you just said there. We get too tied up in ideologies. It doesn't matter what it is, but veganism was very much an ideology for me simply because I uh, had gotten very sick and I was led down this path to become a raw vegan. And so I did that and then I learned about it. I became a health educator. I studied with doctors and people who were quote unquote authorities in the field. And yeah, it worked for a period of time, certainly. Um, But what eventually started to happen is I went from health issue to health issue to health issue and used every imaginable supplement i mean i really should i really should do a youtube channel called like ask me anything about a supplement doesn't matter i i've done it (laughs) i know what it does and so as i went all the way through we're talking like 
11 years, 12 years now, okay? And I constantly was like, no, there's no way on the planet. In fact, it didn't even cross my mind. I didn't even have this statement in my head, but perhaps subconsciously was like, no, there's, there's no way that uh, it's the vegan diet. It's got to be something else. And it's a mystery that no one can figure it out. And then you start, you know, beating yourself up because someone like me, I'm a deep thinker. I'm down the rabbit hole. I'm trying all types of things. At the same time, I'm, you know, working in the, the spiritual realm and I'm, I'm tying that into now quantum physics and I'm saying, oh my God, everything is just created by my mind, but I still can't change it. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm making it kind of big and, and diluted here, but this is kind of what happens. And then suddenly, which is what I think is so beautiful about the the journey of of spirit in human body if you're paying attention you'll eventually get a little you know a little nudge there'll be a little sign and for me it was suddenly i i saw a guy i hadn't uh you know connected to in a year and a half who was similar hardcore vegan he'd done all many more crazy things in my opinion and he said yeah, I went back to eat meat. No, he went carnivore. But so I was like, really? But it just tweaked my head enough to go, hmm, maybe I should try this. And and I had a lot of guilt, an incredible amount of guilt. I felt bad. And I think I created a little bit of psychosomatic issues in the beginning because it was like, uh, <laughs> just like when I, in my, from my perspective, guys, just like when I was like, oh, really? The Catholic Church and Jesus is all BS? Oh, I get, and that threw me off kilter as well, right? <laughs> so again, that's what happened with this. And uh, I would say within, within a week, I went from that guilt to keep the green vile stuff away from me. I want blood. And I, <laughs> I need blood. I need blood. And blood, not funny. Well, yeah, it's, well, it is kind oh, of funny. I mean, that's from a YouTube video. No. Never, mind. Never mind. It's a little boy on a, it's a video that went viral a while ago. Oh. <laughs> a little kid saying blood, not funny. Sorry. Uh, well, and that would probably be a slogan for the, uh, the vegans out there, but you see, that's true, right? Um, so I, that's what drove me back into anthropological studies because now I'm like, well, hold on. I need to, I need to understand this a little bit better and look at what have we been doing and what is really going on out there. And, and that led me down other rabbit holes that I think I feel that people should spend time in. We don't have to get into it here, but that is, that is our, our environment and how I'm just going to land this out there. We're destroying our environment because of large agriculture, monoculture that goes to process and vegan foods, not supplying animals with feed um so that's something that's really important to to look at and so anyway so i started eating the animal products and i felt incredibly better i 
I started gaining more weight. Now I gained all type of weight, both fat, but I also gained a lot of my muscle back because I was originally a 280 pound bodybuilder before I went raw vegan and went down to like 190 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. And I eventually got down to like 175, which I think I hadn't been at since I was like, I don't know, early teens. And How tall are you? I'm 5'10". So I'm in a good place to be that low, quote unquote, based on the, the uh, you know, science. BMI? Yeah, BMI, BMI. et cetera, et cetera. But you can, the thing with BMI is you could have low body fat and and have lots of muscle and that throws the BMI off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not an accurate measurement. So what were your symptoms like when you were going through all this, these sup, trying different supplements and you were not thinking that it was vegan? What type of symptoms did you have? Sure. And I'm going to interlace it with some of the quote unquote illnesses that cropped up because I think they you were either a part of it or a direct result. Okay. And some of it disappears as a result. So the first, the first nine months approximately of being complete raw vegan, I felt the best I've ever felt in my life ever uh incredible energy uh incredible clarity of thought i didn't need to eat much i just i i jumped out of bed in the morning and so when you're having that kind of experience it also helps to say hey this is obviously the direction to go and i had advanced stage melanoma cancer with a two percent chance of survival in a decade and i'm still here so you see there's a lot of wow right there's a lot of background that makes you say obviously this is the right way to go so about nine months later though i had a a pulmonary embolism and nearly died from that and uh, i happened to be in cuba at the time and i i i woke oh, up geez. yeah yeah like what a place but I didn't know that's what was going. I just woke up in the morning and I thought, oh, my God, I got the worst. Like I could barely breathe. But I was like, oh, I guess I just <laughs> partied too hard or something. And <laughs> and I caught something. And so I got on the plane and went home, which is the biggest you should never do. But I didn't know that's what I had. So I'm on the way back. And I remember the guy sitting beside me really looking at me like, oh, my God whatever he's got, I hope the rest of us don't die when we get off the plane, right? <laughs> I can only imagine. I, I kind of have this vision of your face being like ash white, yes. you know, like dark circles under your eyes, kind of like cold sweats. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it was very bad. And I landed and uh, I got picked up and we went home and I, I said to uh, my partner, look, if this doesn't get better, I think we should go to the hospital. You know, you just have that mm, something going on in your mind. And I just was not good at some point in the night. So we went down to the hospital and I was saying, hey, you know, I the day before you know, I just came back from Cuba. And the day before I was doing a bunch of uh, kayaking out on the ocean. And, you know, maybe I just pulled some muscles. I'm feeling pain. Anyway, 
emergency doctor, bless her, honestly, and this is where allopathic medicine shines, obviously, is in emergency medicine. And uh, they put me through all these scans and whatnot. And then she came back and she said, she actually said, holy fuck, I don't know how you're alive. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> not what you want to hear from an emergency room. Doctor. Absolutely not. So I said to her, well, again, I'm deep in my ideology, too. I said, yeah, well, you don't just get oxygen from breathing. This is true. You don't just get oxygen from breathing. I said, I eat a plant-based diet that's full of oxygen and I drink good water. So that's how I'm I'm alive. That was my answer, right? <laughs> She's probably just looking at you like with eyes glazed over. Oh, absolutely. Like this guy is like, let's take care of him because it's in his brain too, I guess. Right, yeah. <laughs> It's already moved to his brain. Exactly. So anyway, long story short, uh, I had that treated. Then I was on, I was on a drug for that, that I had, I was the poster child for all the, the side effects because here I am a raw vegan and I'm taking an antagonist to vitamin K. So the original blood thinners back in the day, warfarin, which is actual rat poison, we use it for rat poison, will, uh, block vitamin K so that your blood doesn't clot very quickly. So I'm eating a high greens diet. So I'm taking boatloads of vitamin K and then I'm taking an antagonist to that. And so I was on a ridiculously high dose and I just, it was just bad. I gained a ton of fat. I was fatigued. I could, I could barely function and Anyway, I took myself off at about nine months later because I was like, nope, I can heal myself. I'm not doing this crap. And they were like, you'll be on it for life. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. So I started to get better. But then I'd say about two months later, two to three months later, um, after a trip to the Philippines to which I was exposed to something and did get sick there, hallucinations and jazz, I then started having the worst panic and anxiety attacks I could imagine. Just horrific. They were almost like seizures when they would hit me and I I couldn't I couldn't function at all. That led to agoraphobia, which then I couldn't even leave my house. I I couldn't go out on the, the deck. I, I just couldn't go out. And then because I have a lot of willpower, I eventually, about after a month of that, I forced myself outside, which then led to the next five years of me spending a minimum of six hours outside every day walking. Uh, because I was too afraid now to go back in the house. You should imagine how messed up that is. Oh my goodness. You were like just on that pendulum swinging back and forth, back like and ping, forth. Ping pong ball. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely crazy. And it felt like 24 set. Like I had, I went to my own room. I couldn't be around people. I couldn't, I mean, forget about intimacy and communication. And like, it was just, it was just a disaster. And I, I went really deep into myself 
And at that same time, because I felt like I was in an altered state, I would say it was like I was between physical reality and where I think we go in dream time all the time. I was in this weird energetic space. And during that time, I started to, let's say, become what I felt more awakened to uh, other realms, extra, whether you call them extraterrestrial or angels or like all of this stuff we hear about that started to open up in my world. And I started to deep dive into mysticism. But anyway, back to your original question. So that happened. And I so I would experience fatigue and dizziness and depression and suicidal thoughts and deep pain inside of my body like I shouldn't be here and uh, uh, blood sugar drops and spikes and uh, those are the main ones I'm forgetting about aches and pains I got to the point of fibromyalgia there was a point in time where I I couldn't even get out of bed I I was in a bed using like a bedpan and it's like, what kind of a life is this? Right. And I also then had during the first two years of that horrific kind of experience, I constantly did affirmations and I walked every day, as I said, for about six hours a day in a conservation area. And the, the anxiety was so bad that if I even saw a deer, if I saw a gentle, loving animal, I would, I would get even more panicked and terrified. It was just crazy. And uh, anyway, so I ended up manifesting uh, a 200-acre property that I bought that looked just like the, the conservation area that I was in up this way, where I am now. And... Um, but only to discover that it had the most horrific high rates of toxic mold. And so I was exposed to that for the next five years while I'm trying to resolve this other mess that I've just spoken about. My goodness. <laughs> it's just like one thing after another. It was. It just kept going. It all, it, I mean, it, it, yeah, it sounds like this was all part of the major plan. Like you were meant to go through all different gamuts of um, health and illness. Yes. Through your journey. I think, you know, listening to your story, and I think it's important to to say this for the audience that, you know, I've been in health my for at least two decades now studying it. And you know, I've done various different kinds of diets or stayed away from certain foods, done fasting, done all of that. And I think, you know, you said it at the beginning, simple moderation, it's really important, but also listening to your body. And I think for you, listening to your story, when you went into veganism and you said the first nine months, you felt better than you ever did. To me, that what I what I feel inside of me for you is that it was necessary. Your body needed that detox. It needed the detox away from meats and all of whatever else you're putting in your body to give yourself a time frame of break to just kind of uh, regenerate or uh, reestablish some sort of homeostasis within the body that was natural for you. 
but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you stay on for the rest of your life. And I think we're, we're so programmed to think that there's got to be one way that works the best way and it's only going to be that way and never anything else. And it closes off all of these uh, avenues of health for us in understanding like it also tells us to tune out of our body because like you, you were starting to feel like, well, this isn't working, but it can't be, it can't be the diet. Like it can't be, it, it can't be eating meat. Like that can't be the thing that's going to help me. And, but you were intuitively starting to feel that like you were intuitively starting to uh, understand that it's got to be something. And you have people coming into your life that are mentioning things to you, which is a very synchronistic act of how messages come to us. They don't necessarily just come through like our own divine connection to source, but you know, understanding that at some point you may need to be vegan for like, whatever, maybe it's a year, maybe it's six months, or maybe you just want to go on an all meat diet, or maybe you um, just want to do fasting for like 20 days or, you know, like whatever it is, but it doesn't mean like it's the be all and end all. You constantly want to stay in tune with your body and be in that flux and flow of understanding like where your body is at that time and giving it what it needs in that moment. It's why like even this weekend, we were celebrating Lisa's birthday for the first time. It was her first time having an actual birthday party. Wow. And birthday. I I felt like meat. <laughs> Actually, I felt like meat on her actual birthday. I had a bison burger. And I have not really eaten meat for a few years. And But I always said, though, when I did go vegetarian, I didn't go vegan, I but I did go vegetarian. I said, if I ever want it, I'm not going to deny it because I don't want to turn off that connection to my body and understanding like I might need it. So um, I don't want to deny it. But I, I do understand that level of guilt that you uh, talked about that you have initially when you've been off it for so long. Yeah, I I agree with what you said. I, with patience, would now use the hardcore, particular raw vegan diet for as a medical uh, methodology, because that's really what it is. And yes, it will cleanse the body and get you into a healthy state. We certainly get confused with uh, everything that's going on and thinking that all these different approaches is what's necessary, but we're not actually looking at the root cause. And the root cause is the, the, the pollution, the glyphosate, the GMOs. Uh, they're, they're systematically poisoning and destroying us, the, the scourge, I think some people believe. And uh, they never anticipated that the uh, utilization of petrochemicals would lead to a population explosion. And I, I warn people that, first of all, if you think you're going to get rid of that, then you better be prepared for mass extinction. And if you don't understand, which is something that we don't seem to teach here in Canada anymore, uh, resiliency. So if, if you're not prepared, and I'm re relating this to diet. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, veganism's the only way, and thank God I, I have my super smoothie of superfoods flowing in by from 50 different countries so that I can live optimally while there's while I judge people in Africa who are eating animals, then I think you better wake up because uh, if you don't have that resiliency and we end up into a situation where 
uh, you don't have access to those things, you're, you're finished, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I actually studied with a doctor, um, doing my live cell microscopy and he said the same thing. He, he said, do the 80, 20 rule, eat 80%, you know, really healthy stuff, but eat 20% of shit. And he said, the reason is because your immune system has to know what that is when it comes in. Because if it doesn't, if you eat 100% clean all the time, the minute you put something in your body that is that foreign, you get so ill. And it's about keeping your immune system there. So it's not about like eating the shittiest of shit foods. But you know, like that's why like for me, like if I feel like fries or I feel like, you know, something like a, like a pizza, I'll eat that because you know, mostly I'm eating healthy. Uh, but I think it's important that you do maintain that certain level of hormesis. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's hormesis. Because it's hormesis. You need to have a certain amount of stress, healthy stress on the body to create resiliency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, which is why we drink alcohol. <laughs> well, right. And everyone's got, got their thing. I, I experienced exactly what you said, uh, got clean and, and the mold of course created extra trouble in my body to the point that I was a mono eater. I would eat uh, one food. That's all I could eat. Anything else would turn into complete disaster. So of course I continued now down the cycle of continued, uh, nutrient deficiencies while I continued to get worse. And to your point about, um, you made a very, very wise decision when you decided to become vegetarian to say, however, if I need to do whatever, you know, eat meat, for example, I will allow myself. And that's something I didn't do. So when I came off of this and started eating meat five months ago, I still maintained important factors like a grass-fed beef. I buy everything from a local farm here. I'm still eating very well. But I also had a hard time getting over that guilt and overanalyzing what's right. And to take my own advice, as I just said, and what you were speaking to, I, let my, I also let myself go. I've, I've pounded Smarties. I went and ate a Big Mac meal. I, I've eaten, I've drank Coke. I've done all kinds of stuff that, no, I wouldn't suggest people do. You shouldn't do it all the time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I did that because it allowed me, I ate desserts. It allowed me to get past this uh, self-judgment that I, I put on myself, mm -hmm. obviously. So it helped me get yeah. past that. And now I can say, all right. I can do whatever I want, but I know better, so I will do better. But I'm not going to beat mm -hmm. myself up if I am in a situation where I eat and, something not good. Yeah, and I think the reality is that gets completely missed, especially with um, vegetarianism or veganism, is that, you know, for me, it's like, well, I, I know I can't go and kill an animal. I just can't. So I'm like, if I can't kill it, how do I eat it? You know, that's where I, I had a big struggle. But then I also realized I'm like, well, <laughs> to say that um, an apple or celery stalks, there aren't conscious, you know, organisms, like there's, they're living, they're a living, and then they die when you pull them out of the earth. And so it's, it's to, 
the, that mentality that, you know, a lot of people will say is like, how can you eat a living thing? It's like, well, everything's living. I'll say two things to that. One, we have no anthropological studies of anyone vegan living any length of time, period. So that's our first problem. And the second issue is... What, what about the, what about the uh, Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda, California? Well, they haven't lived long, multiple generations. That's the first thing. And secondly, my understanding is they're vegetarian. No, the vegans live the longest. The vegetarians live a little bit less. Yes, I, I understand what you're saying, but we don't have multiple generations of them yet. Mm. Sure. Good point. You, I think, look, if you and then remember, they were from a different time as well. So they were eating differently, not getting exposed to the same junk. They're in a blue zone. Uh, with good oxygen, they're believing they've got a, a strong faith, uh, which is a whole other topic that we'll touch on in terms of how that dictates the way that your body is going to be. And they may have, and I can't confirm that, I could confirm this, but I can't at this juncture, and they may have originally come from um, consuming some kind of animal product first and then changing. Their parents came from definitely that stock. So they were they were born with a full plate of uh, nutrients. The body holds on to sure. these things for a reason. And so, yes, I believe that you can have that trajectory, although many that I see, especially my older, much older friends now who've been vegan for many years, they look like hell. I mean, they may say they are great and whatnot, but they actually look like they're about 8,000 years old. So, <laughs> so you know, I just, I, I, I want it to work. Look, I'm not on the other side saying, boo, veganism. I, I'd like it to work. I like the concept. I like the ideology. But here's the other thing that I want to speak to uh, you, Nicole, when you said, well, I, if I, I can't kill it. I can't eat it. Well, you know what? You also probably can't become a suicide bomber because you weren't born in an environment where they taught you that. And so, yes, we're born <laughs> in a time, right? That's 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 the reality of it. But take us back uh, a few hundred years ago. You're damn right. You and I would be out there trying to kill something so we could survive. Well, I, but then, you know, I was just having the thought of like, well, there's hunters and gatherers, you know, and. Perhaps I wasn't the hunter type, and yes. but I could be like the gathering type, you know, like we all have our strengths. <laughs> so there's there's that kind of um, ideology as well. No, absolutely. I could see Nicole as a hunter if she needed to be. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I could, but. <laughs> I can see Nicole as a suicide bomber. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so um, Ben, I wanted to talk about your mediumship. When did that turn on for you? So my entire life, I was always strongly intuitive, and I would get I would get psychic hits, and they would be accurate. But I sort of kept that on the DL because a it was a little bit weird, and other people thought it was weird. And so while I was bodybuilding before I I got the cancer. I ran a computer company. I was a computer engineer and I, I had a company and I had a, a bunch of staff 
And every morning I would come in and I would just get a hit and I would say to, I would say to the secretary and the staff, I'd say, this is going to happen. Expect this person's probably going to call. I think there's a problem over here and so on. So, and it became so accurate every single day that it got to the point where the secretary, when I'd come down, she'd go, Oh, I don't want to hear it because it scares me. So I just stopped. I just stopped doing it. And I put, I, you know, I put that on the, the back shelf because I, I thought, well, yeah, what's the benefit mostly. And so during this panic and anxiety time, I started because I was felt to be in a very altered state all the time. I also started studying once I got a little bit more functional, I started studying with, uh, a woman called Elmine. She's considered uh, the leading mystic uh, on our planet today. She's a seer and her stuff, let's just say her stuff is so far out uh, to any regular person that it, it will literally shift you. And so this is what happened to me. I I met her at at an event one day. I like I just sort of like ran into her and she said to me, this is all she said to me. Very clever. I think it was NLP, but very clever. She just said to me, I think we've met before. And the message I got in my head was, which is what I ended up saying to her, and this is our whole conversation, I said Yes, but in a different lifetime. Now, I would never have really thought or said that before because I was coming from a Christian belief system and uh, Catholic. And so I, I left it. And I literally didn't see this person again or even think about her for almost 18 months. And I was cleaning up one day and I saw this uh, pamphlet and it had... It was her and it had her picture on it. And I just, it just hit me again. And I thought, I think I need to reach out to this person. And so I did. And I started studying with her and all kinds of wild things were starting to happen to me. Uh, when I bought this new property, for example, I came up to, uh, I was spending a lot of time by myself there and I had set everything up in my house. And I remember the one day I was sitting working at my table and all of a sudden the, the doors, the uh, kitchen cupboard doors are just banging. And, oh God. and so the, like the hairs are just like whoop right up my back. And I'm like, oh, what's my gosh. going on? So I didn't have. I'm already the hands <laughs> on my back are already going up. Exactly right. <laughs> so I didn't have to quite go into the kitchen because what I had was a uh, I forget what they call it, but sort of like a pass through sort of window space that I could kind of peer my head around to see what was going on, and I'm literally seeing these doors moving, and so now I'm. I'm in fight or flight, but I'm actually more in freeze. Okay. I'm like, I don't even know what to do. And so I slowly 
make myself back over to the table where my phone was because I thought maybe I could reach out. And I was so sort of paralyzed at the same time that I didn't think to run out of the door. And as I sat down at the table, my stereo turned on full blast. Oh, geez. I would be having a full-on freak out. Yes, I, like, I was at freak this point. Out. <laughs> so that happened, and I I then bolted right out the, the front door. And I was I, I felt better because around the house was several acres of open field, and then it was forest and lake and so or river and whatnot. So I went out in this open space and I thought, you know, I'm looking around and I'm like, okay. I'm good out here. Now what starts to happen is I start getting these visions. I start getting these visions of uh, natives and people who are originally on the land and people getting killed, you know, and, and long story short, I look into the history of this place and, you know, it goes way back. And, and surprisingly, people had kept record for like almost 300 years. So there was a lot of different times and people and experiences that were happening here. So anyway, I took that experience, just jumping ahead here, I took that experience and I, again, I reached out to this Elmine and I said, hey, here's what's happened. I'd already been studying enough with her that I felt at least grounded enough that um, I could handle this. And she said to me, she said, look, these are the ghosts of your past and you need to actually deal with this yourself. And she says, I recommend that you go about it, maybe like light a candle and just call them to the light and, and clear the energy. And we had some different modalities that we had been taught, different sort of uh, practices. And so I did this and it went away. I never had an issue again uh, in the building. And slowly what happened is I would start to get, I would start to get called uh, or recommended by people to uh, clear uh, poltergeist stuff at people's houses or people would, I would have weird, weird experiences where people would stop into my, my clinic. They would just walk through the door and they'd say, I don't know, my car literally pulled me in here. Um, what, what is this place? What do you do? And then I'd start to say, and then, you know, there would be a question and they'd say, oh my God, well, what do you know about and I would have the answer it, and it, it blew my mind every single time. And it still does today, to be honest, because I, up, up until sort of understanding quantum physics and how maybe tapping into each other's energy through entanglement, I had really no idea how or why this was happening. And so I started using it as well in my, my practice with, with, with patients because some who were open, I could use it openly. Otherwise it was a really, really effective behind the scenes uh, guidebook for me because I could, 
I'll give you another example that I thought was really fun. I was looking at buying a car uh, last year. Uh, about It was May, in May last year. And I was in the dealership, and we were there for ages. And I was suddenly pulled after literally, I think we were there six hours. And after about, I don't know, four or five hours, I'm pulled over to this girl I see in, in a, an office in like the back room. And I just sort of like pulled over there and I go over there and I say, you know, hi. Because when this happens, I almost feel like I'm a little bit out of control. Like what's happening here? Because I tend to be a little bit more introverted, actually. I, I, I avoid people to, to a, a fairly large degree. And so I go over there, I say, hello, we start talking. She says, oh, you're getting a car. Well, it's, I'm, I'm looking at it. We're checking it out. I've been here all day. She says, what do you do? I explain what I do. And she says, oh, well, I've been having this particular back pain that continues to degenerate. I'm becoming more and more hunched over. And I'm, and no doctor, no one has been able to figure it out. And I'm very concerned. She's 23 or something like that. And right after she said that, I said, and these are the, these are the ones that always alarm me the most. I just said to her, I was like, the problem is, you haven't dealt with the fact that you were raped when you were five years old by, and I won't say who it is, da, 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 and you need to, you need to address that. And this girl, her eyes just went uh-huh. huge. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, I thought I dealt with that. And she goes, I can't believe you know that. And then that obviously turns into, I want to work with you. She never contacts me again. She sends me a message. I would try to set up. I never hear from her again. So a year to the day literally goes by. I get a, a random message come up like in my uh, uh, my email client. It was the original message that she had sent me and I had replied back to her to which she never replied again. And I, and one of her questions that I observed that I didn't answer in that email was, what is your direct contact number? I don't know why. I never answered it. <laughs> so I, no joke, I didn't say hello. I didn't, I put nothing else in. I put my number, dot, 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 dot. And I hit send. How strange is that, right? But that's what I did. A year later. A year later, okay? Within, I think it was six minutes, because I looked at the time. Six minutes later, I get an email from her. She goes, oh, my God, I've been trying to find you. I was just at Dr. I won't say his name, who's a very good friend of mine. I was just at Dr. So-and-so last night, and I was telling him about you in this experience a year ago and she she says i was asking him if if he knew how to find you and here you are you just sent me your your number i mean what do you do with stuff like that it's it's phenomenal right uh yeah well i mean that's very specific information that you gave her that had you been wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like there has to be a certain level of uh, confidence in your own self to be able to deliver that kind of information to someone you've just met. 
especially when you're in the back room of a business with a young girl, <laughs> you know, like that's pretty I heavy. Mean, you're obviously channeling. Yeah. You know, yes. you're channel. It's like me when I'm speaking light language, like, thankfully, I don't know what the heck I'm saying. So I don't have any problem saying it, you know, <laughs> yes. but when you're getting these messages in English, it's like, you have to just let it come out before you judge it. That's right. And that's exactly the place that I have been in and out of with like, because if I catch it, if my ego mind catches it, it goes, whoa, are you insane? You're not saying that, you know, and that certainly does happen. I forgot the end of that story, speaking of how it could have went wrong. So she starts crying, okay, because she's like shocked by what's happened. So I'm stranger in the back room, young girl, she's crying. And the manager, who's a woman, happens to come in. She looks at me and she sees her crying and she goes, is everything okay here? And she, the girl goes, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like now back in my sort of introverted, scared body. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't look good. <laughs> and uh, I sort of left and I said, okay, uh, you know, there's my contact information, you know, reach out to me if you want. I never force people to do anything. And uh, yeah, that's how, that's how that whole thing turned out. So I don't do this every day. I don't. It, uh, I guess part of what happened with everything I just shared and the fact that I, um, you know, just add this in there, I started eating animal products and like 95% of all of the, bullshit that I've been experiencing in the past decade disappeared. And as part of all of this, I uh, approaching this moment, I decided to put all of this stuff on the back burner. I started to say, you know what, this is, this is just, this is hokey. This is craziness. So the eating, basically leaving veganism and going back to a meat-based diet, uh, is what helped cure all of the symptoms you were having after veganism uh, saved you. So it's almost like it saved you and then it almost killed you again. Yeah, because, I mean, I'll leave it like this for people. I believe that uh, you can, and I was very focused because I had studied uh, plant-based nutrition and also done the, the raw vegan, all the training with them as well. So I was particular about getting all the nutrients, but I also discovered some very uh, important information that I feel is pertinent that goes back to that lineage. And although I have studied DNA and I believe that it's mostly a rabbit hole, I also want to say that this was a discovery that happened for me. One I have a very, very ineffective gene at converting beta carotene to vitamin A. So there's the only place to get proper vitamin A is retinol, and it only comes from animal products like mm. beef. So there's your first problem. You don't mm -hmm. have A, you're going to get all kinds of viruses. Your immune system's not going to function well. You're going to be in trouble. Um, mm -hmm. I have another gene that's like 70% ineffective at converting... ALA, which is plant-based oils, to DHA and EPA. Well, guess what? Your brain is uh, like 60% made up of DHA. 
So uh, I, I just wasn't getting the essential stuff for my my brain and my cells and my nerves, which is why I think I had fibromyalgia and all kinds of other issues. Uh, it wasn't getting that effectively. Most people don't convert it very well as it is, but mine's even worse. And there was another fascinating one that I only just pulled up deep diving uh, again recently. I really felt amazing as I started eating the meat. And I, but particularly, particularly, I wanted to drink the blood. I wasn't joking about that when I said it. I actually, when I would take the meat out, the grass-fed beef, I, I, I didn't because my mind was like, I don't know. But I literally just wanted to take the, the blood and just surf it back. And I thought to myself, geez, it must be, it's got to be an iron issue or something to that degree. And uh, sure enough, up comes another uh, piece of my genetic profile that says, because I always had low iron and they couldn't figure out how I would have low iron because men never have low iron, first of all. Plus, I was, quote unquote, getting iron and taking supplements. Nothing's working, right? And sure enough, uh, another gene that says I need 50% more iron than the average person. So, you know, you take all these together and you say, well, look, uh, veganism would have eventually killed me. All of the moons disappeared on my fingernails, for example which they relate to iodine and B12. Um, they relate it to hypothyroidism. I was always cold. I was always tired. I was always weak. So I guess what I, I want to leave people with here is, is basically what we've been saying. Listen to your body. Make good choices. Don't base them on ideology. And I think you need, I believe you need to have a well-rounded approach. And sure, maybe it's a value to you to like, look at your DNA if something's not uh, working out well for you and see, hey, you know what? There's a bit of an anomaly there. I better take care of this. And then do it through food, ideally. Uh, right. And... and you'd be surprised at, at, at how everything turns around. So, so I've had health for nearly five decades Yes, and I have one word, bacon. <laughs> <laughs> you see folks. And you've really changed your diet lately, but you have not taken out bacon. Bacon. Well, I, you know, it's, it's funny when, when I, I lived in China for about five awesome. years and they, everywhere I, everywhere I would be in meetings and, you know, people that I would, that I would know or work with and the Chinese people and they would, they would always say, what, why do you look so young? And, <laughs> and I, and I said three things, bacon, whiskey, cigars. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And you know what? I um, I relate this to a statement that uh, Donald Trump was asked. They, they said to him, how in God's name is it that you are eating 
uh, fast food and McDonald's every single day and drinking Diet Coke. Now, in my world, you got Diet Coke that's destroying your brain. Now, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some people... He doesn't have, have a brain, have a brain to destroy, right. so, so there's so that. You've got that. But, um, but the point was, you, that's just not healthy. And his statement was, because I am of a different uh, genetic disposition than other people. And I know what he meant by that because I've looked into lots of his story and people dislike his pompous and arrogance and whatever word you want to use. But what he has learned that the rest of us are uh, too afraid of and we continue to hide behind is that he knows that the mind and the belief systems uh, and that energy behind it creates your reality. And so he would rather he would rather talk false positive shit than talk shit. And as a result, his life has generally gone in the direction that I think he's wanted it to. And right. to your mm-hmm. point, I would I would say you're right. You're right because um, you have you have a, a belief system. Yes, it's very it's variables of genetics and and uh, upbringing and belief systems and so on and so forth. But, but ultimately it's, it's this, uh, this belief system, this, where, where you hold your energy. I just really love that you drew a parallel between Brian and Trump. (laughs) I know. I know. I felt that that might be. Brian is not a fan of Trump. And so I just, it's, it's a very funny, um, it's a very funny example, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's true. It's like you, you have what you really enjoy. I think if you enjoy something a lot there, you, you do put a certain frequency into that, you know, as well. And, um, you change your belief system around it. If you don't believe it's going to hurt you at the same time, you know, there are certain things you override. And then there are certain things that you know, like you talk about DNA, there's not one fix to everything. You know, you take all of these variables into account and you can kind of make a, a sh- your own personal smorgasbord of what works for you. And I think that's just really what's important is always one, being in tune with your body, be, uh, two, making sure that you're informed, informed on information of what you're putting in your body so you can make better choices or know what's right for you. And also just having some sort of uh, levels of moderation uh, and, and, and knowing that, you know, the extreme of one thing is never going to be good. No, absolutely. So and I think it's all healthy. Absolutely. And I mean, my personal hero, oh, I don't like to label anyone in that way. But if I was to say there's a hero is my professor and someone that, that I'm sure you've all heard of, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. And his research. I on- knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I almost said it right before you did. I'm like, I bet he's going to say Bruce Lipton. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, his biology of belief and the science behind that. And so you have, you have. Uh, there's a, a church group, for example, in Georgia, who uh, they get so hyped up 
uh, in their belief and their quote unquote connection to God and their, their um, invincibility for lack of better words. And this has been documented scientifically shown. So this is just a random story. These groups, this group of uh, churchgoers that gets into this mindset, not only do they work with poisonous snakes and get bit, and there's absolutely no response in their body from the poison, but they've also been able to drink strychnine without any uh, repercussions. And so he says, "What's strychnine? Strychnine is a it's a, it's poison. a poison, yeah. That oh, okay. like arsenic. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're you're going to be finished quite rapidly." And uh, Bruce Lipton says the following, to which I completely agree. He says, even though I know the data inside and out about how uh, the environment and our beliefs affect our cells. He says, I don't believe, I don't have the capability to believe that I can drink strychnine and not die. And so that's really, that's a powerful statement because that in and of itself shows just how powerful your belief system is around uh, the creation of your reality. And I know I know for myself, and it, I don't know if you guys know Dan Millman, but I actually like I like his uh, his numerology, the way that he wrote his book. And when I went through and looked at myself, it's a thirty nine twelve is the number that that I am based on the the data. When I read through that, it was so incredibly exact. And the one that that really stood out under health was that because I am such a deep, deep, double emotional kind of person, I'm very deeply emotional. That's why I, I think I'm very in tune empathically with other people and what's going on. He said, you are the one type of person that is likely to suffer from strange and bizarre illnesses and diseases purely based on the suppression of emotions and psychosomatic beliefs. I go, ta-da. He nailed it. He nailed it, it, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's really a great way, you know, for us to kind of to wrap up things too, because as you were talking about this veganism and then the different things and the, the, symptoms that you had, whether it be from eating meat or, or not eating meat or whatever it is, it all comes down to belief systems. But your, but your point that, you know, that Bruce Lipton made, but our, we can't just go from one extreme to the next because we have to bring our beliefs with us and we have to know that those beliefs are there. So, you know, we can take vitamins for things, we can change the way we eat, and and we have to do this because of our belief systems. But the reality is once you've re- reached complete enlightenment, you don't need anything. Correct. Bacon. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, you know, it's like not putting too much emphasis on, okay, it's the food that I'm eating that's causing this illness and understanding that it really on a deeper level doesn't have anything to do with the food, but because of your belief systems, you can use the food to get you 
to a place where you need to be. Yes, that's what I believe. And and I'd say the science shows that, as, as you mentioned, I, I'm studying medicine, but from a quantum physics standpoint, and it, it's really shifted because we, especially in North America, we've really held on to classic classical physics in everything, sorry, in nothing except for communication and, and uh, medicine. We've used quantum physics to create all the technology that we have today. That's how we have all this expansive, incredible capabilities. And yet our thinking and our medicine is classical or physical only. And so that's why having, you know, the, the sort of podcast that you do for some people would be just totally asinine. It makes no sense because it's like, hey, my logical mind says it ends at the body and whatever you're talking about is psychosis. And it's really beautiful to bring in the, the understand and use the quantum physics to now help people heal because what what I do is and and you know I'll get better and better at this through the through learning more but I think I've always innately done this which is why I've had results with with clients and mm-hmm. that is through entanglement it's the fact that we are you hear that we're all one, but we literally scientifically are all one because of, of waveforms. And in this moment right now, while we all sit here and communicate with one another, we've increased the probabilities and the energy we're focusing together. So we're all currently very intertwined with one another. And in that space, let's say in this case, I'm holding a very specific frequency Uh, I'm the doctor. In this case, you're all my patients. I'm holding a very specific frequency of, of health or a place that you would like to be at. And because I embody that, I have the ability to help you embody it as well. Not through cognitive thinking, not through saying, do this step, this step, this step. Sometimes we need to do that because you're so logical, you can't get out of the way of yourself. But technically, through this connection that we have right now, we're, we're sharing different parts of ourselves that we embody. And so when I make that transfer to you and you're saying, well, how are you doing that? Like just magic? Well, it's, it's not only is it happening, but yes, I would use different modalities perhaps to help you understand that embodiment. And that's where we get these spontaneous miracles from when we do hands-on healing and then the next day, the person has no cancer, but three months later, their cancer's back. And you say, oh, that was hooky. Who knows what happened? Well, what happened was we didn't take it far enough. We had the entanglement. We shared the energy. We changed the person's timeline, but they didn't have a quantum leap. And that's where the quantum doctor comes into play to help that person have a quantum leap where they change permanently with their belief systems and their lifestyle, et cetera, to the new quantum timeline so that they're no longer pulling up the root cause of their illness, which is 90% of the time, uh, we'll say, uh, outside of the physical body. Mm -hmm. One of the best ways 
or attitudes that you can take towards your own health, your own um, ability to heal yourself is that just keep an open mind and know that everything has value. Everything has value uh, and it has a purpose. And that value is completely dependent on your perspective. And so if you want to shift your perspective into a very open-minded place where you can see the value in all things, for instance, you were saying at the beginning, um, you know, allopathic medicine does have its uh, benefits and it's emergency medicine. And I would agree with you because that's how my mom was saved from a brain tumor where she uh, was, you know, days away from it taking over her complete brain. It was the size of a grapefruit. And you know, but for me personally, I don't like to go to allopathic medicine for healing my body. It, it's better for like more emergency purposes. And so keeping this open mind of like, and knowing that everything has a benefit and everything has value is completely dependent on your perspective and how you see things. And that all lines up with our belief systems and how we can start to shape our belief systems and open them up to allow for so much more possibility and opening up that, um, uh, opening up ourselves to all the different, like you said, wavelengths and the entanglement that can happen to for this kind of spontaneous healing to occur if we're open to it. Absolutely, um, and that's that's my plan on on the, the the ongoing and the future with when the book comes out, and then in 2020, and I continue to get my uh, doctorate and then PhD finished, is to educate and communicate these these ideas to people so that they can be empowered. I believe today some of the things that we're seeing, such as massive vaccine damage, sure, it always somewhat existed, but what you have now is energy being focused on it being possible that this stuff is bad. And I think that's partly surprising to the um, medical community who also believes that it's good. And we've created storyboards and timelines that say there's this horrible, um, you know, cabal that way back, you know, a thousand years ago, they were like, yeah, in 2019, we're going to up the vaccines and kill people. I don't believe that is the case. I believe what they understood was this very power that I'm speaking of right now, that you're the creator and co-creator in this existence. And they held that over the population for all of this time. That's the real cabal. That's the real veil that's being lifted. And so as we lift it, we start creating these timelines, as I just said, that, oh my God, vaccines are bad. Well, maybe they were not bad at one point. What if all of our belief system was, this is life-saving and this makes our life better? I would argue that the percentage of um, people who became unwell from it would go down, but that's not the case now. We're waking up to it and we're seeing all these shady perspectives and that's increasing the likelihood that it's not, that it's dangerous. And anyway, my point is what I like ultimately about this time right now with all of the the chaos, if you will, and the unveiling and the, the people at the extreme end in the new age and the people at the other extreme edge who, you know, completely uh, don't believe in anything we're talking about is that it's actually opening us up to flower and birth into this 
quote unquote heaven on earth because we will actually learn that our personal empowerment in belief systems creates literally the reality that we're living. Well said. Absolutely. It's all within us. We have the power. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, thanks so much for coming on the show and leaving us on such a high note there. That was awesome. And when your your book's coming out at the end of the year, we'll have to have you back on the show and uh, get you to talk about that a little more and give yourself a little promotion awesome. of the book. I'd love that. Thank you. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, do you do... Are you only doing healing in person or do you do anything online? Uh, vast majority is online at this juncture. If you go to healtheducator.ca, you can book a free 15-minute consult uh, to so that we can have a, an energy exchange to see if uh, we both are a fit. And uh, then, yes, I can see you wherever you are in the world where I use Zoom and uh, send you protocols and communicate that way. It's uh, I love meeting people in person because I absolutely love deep diving into someone's energy, but it works very well through uh, technology. Mm. I mean, Zoom's great. It's no car dealership, but it definitely <laughs> does the job. That's right. <laughs> Well, thanks again, Ben, for being on the show. And thank you to our audience for joining us once again. Thank you for your support. We love you so much. And Lisa Bryan, you know, I love you. Thanks for being here. And we will all catch you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. -bye. I love bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.